Are you recording now? Mm-hmm. Oh, you should have said that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've been recording. looking at me so meaningfully. episode of Rosé All Day Anyway with Anyways. Anyways. with uh, Erica Atkins and me, Katie Rainey. Yay! So we are so excited because we have a guest today. Katie, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, we have Eloise Wilson. Hi! <laughs> and she's got a really special project that we're mm-hmm. excited to talk about. We're going to talk about all things Planned Parenthood today, which we have not done on the podcast. And shout out to Planned Parenthood. They are my gynecologist here in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. They've given me two IUDs. God bless them. Both have gone very well. We need that. Yeah, you have like good IUD luck, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> That's true. I'm yeah. very, I'm like the IUD fairy. It's a good choice. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have one too, but you like, I haven't had my period since the winter of 1972. Mm-hmm. And I'm That's like, true. what? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I haven't had a period in like eight years because That's, of the IUD. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So jealous. I know. It's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I awesome. So can you tell us, Eloise, wait, a little bit before more? we get into oh, that. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. So I forgot something that we do. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to talk about... shout out to Marcus, your co-worker who made us do this. Yes. So my co-worker, Marcus, and a friend of mine from high school, Gabby, after they listened to our first couple of podcasts, both gave us the suggestion that we should start naming the rosé that we're drinking, uh-huh. which had to come very exciting because I don't speak French. Although this... I can I can pronounce it. But this... Oh. Well, could you say this in French instead of the English way that I would say it? The name, the yeah, name? just the name of the wine, prophecy, right? So I would just say prophecy, guys. <laughs> so Eloise, prophecy. can you, that was so much more beautiful. I, I I don't know where it's from, but it looks like it's from the south. It, the yeah, country. it just kind of says France on the front. Yeah. See, the most important part of the rosé though is the year and what year. It's not 2017. What year is it? It's 2018. Okay, I think we've I think we've officially. I feel had like we've crossed over because in the beginning, uh-huh. all of our wine was 2017, which was apparently a very popular year for rosé. I think we drank all the 2017 rosé. Yeah, and now we've crossed over into 2018. So the prophecy wine, just so you guys know. Can you say it again for me, Eloise? Prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. My sexy um, voice. <laughs> it's the goddess of fortune, and their inspiration for the, their wine comes from the beauty of the harvest and the possibility of greatness in a glass. That's amazing. That's what I feel like right now. It's great. That's, uh, that's pretty 2018, it feels mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Yes. It's good. When I drink it, I think of going to the beach. 
with my friends, laying on a blanket. Is this what we had at the beach when we went to Coney Island recently? Mm. No, we had Luna something. I went to Coney Island for my first time like two weeks ago. It was awesome. I was very excited. It's a good place to drink rosé. Yes. It was a great place. And I got very sunburnt. Yeah, you got real pink. So, yeah, have this on the beach, maybe with some ice cream. And this is gonna, this is a great summer day wine, y'all. And it's also a beautiful bottle. So, pofese. And it will pair well while you're reading. 100%. Yeah. Eloise's <laughs> um, book. Yes. Should I talk about my book? Yeah, let's yeah, talk about, about, about your book. So it's not entirely my book. A lot of people actually worked on it. So it's a it's an ebook actually, because publishing is difficult. But it's a photography book of portraits of women asking the question, what makes you feel powerful? So the the way it's laid out is we just have a portrait and then we have a little caption that's kind of responding to this. So it's pretty straightforward and it has twenty seven women in the book. What's um, it, what's the book called? The future is nasty. And the whole project is called and The, the ho- Future is Nasty. Yeah. And the whole goal of this is to raise money for Planned Parenthood. So all the proceeds are going to Planned Parenthood. And we've been working on this book and this project since actually the elections, because it was in response to the election. Mm-hmm. So November 2016. Yeah. When, so, so yeah, we were talking about that before the podcast, mm-hmm. that our podcast is also kind of in response to the election, although uh-huh. we started it way after the election. Mm-hmm. We finally got our... It, it takes us a while to get our shit together. I would say <laughs> maybe even our friendship is in response to the election. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we were friends before that, but... Yeah, I feel like we really kicked it. You bonded over that. like adversity and <laughs> maybe <laughs> terrible. So, yeah. te- so tell us the story. You're on the train platform, right? Yeah. So it was kind of. I mean, I remember. I'm sure you guys have had like similar experiences as well. I mean, we all responded differently, but I, I just felt so terribly like drained, you know, after the news and completely in shock because I just I live in my bubble in New York City and I mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in America so I don't have like I didn't know that it could happen if that makes sense and then it happened and everyone around me f- like joined the resistance if that makes sense like we like maybe you guys have like similar memories but it feels like everybody was like fundraising for things and like decided to kind of like organize and like find like take action to kind of really really early on because that's how people like dealt with their grief I guess yeah, mm-hmm. and and I wasn't sure what I could do because it felt like I I don't get to vote. What is the point of me like calling like my senators and stuff? Like I just felt completely like out of the process of just like expressing like my frustration. And so I was sitting on the subway and I was thinking about how can I how can I do something that is a long term project for an issue that that I care about if that makes sense. But also like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to change things on a global scale. So I want to do focus on community building in a very specific way, like bring women together and do something that would eventually be able to benefit on the long term, if that makes sense. And I mean, I'm a woman, obviously, and I've benefited from like Planned Parenthood services since I was like 15 or whatever. And that's something that that is very close to me. And so I wanted to do a specific project for them. And I had this idea of a photography book because it's something that that is very direct and that is not wishy-washy if that makes sense like it's something mm-hmm. that we can do and that we can put on the internet and it's it gives a voice to the women in my community so I wanted to do 
this book and ask the question, what makes you feel powerful? And because it felt like nothing was going to, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to like see the problematic through maybe another angle. And I just posted something on Facebook. I was like, oh, I have this idea to, to do like maybe a photography book or something like that. And would you be interested in just like posing and responding to that question? And I'm not sure what's going to happen with this book. I had the idea of maybe doing like a like a zine or something like that at first. But I, I know that I want the money to go to Planned Parenthood. And that's something that we could have going on until we die. You know, like we can just put it on the internet and then the money would still keep coming so yeah that was i guess that was the initial reaction and actually it happened like really really fast. like bringing the women i had a lot of responses and everybody was really keen because it felt like people just wanted to like do mm-hmm. something with their feelings and and their lack of i guess empowerment and so we had 20 25 27 women come and we got the space donated as well this wow. beautiful theater in midtown like it just felt like everybody just wanted to do something and and I remember it was it was in December and it was snowing that day. It was like, we had like a massive snow and all these women like trekked to Midtown to like pose in the studio. Was this December two thousand sixteen? Mm-hmm. It was right after the elections. Yeah, and so we, because I'm I mean I I live and work in New York City, so I have a my whole kind of network of like creative people and then so I reached out to like my photographer friend my videographer friend like everyone that I was kind of already working with and then other people that I didn't know like showed up and like modeled for us and we recorded we asked them the question we like wrote it down like kind of like humans of New York like style Mm -hmm. and then over like the course of maybe like six months something like that we with two different graphic designers we put the book together and our intention was to do something that was like very simple, very simple layout. So the focus would be on the women. And their responses are very different. Like Yeah, I've seen some of them. Yeah, like it goes from like very deep kind of like, like I, I speak about like my relationship to my grandmothers who are like from both different culture, I guess, and cultures and dealt with like adversity in, and like fascism and stuff in like different ways and how that that is part of my like... DNA if that makes sense and how that helps that it helped me like navigate like knowing that I had that history in my bones helped me like be like okay we live in it like I have this is this is what's going on yeah <laughs> and this is how like other people have dealt with it before in the past and I have to remember that I have to have this this kind of I don't know like strength behind me and some like my friend like spoke about how she's really funny and uh, that's like that's her power because like women don't get to be beautiful and smart and talented and funny at the same time and like and so she was like I I get to be all of that and I'm really funny as well and I'm entertaining so that's my that's my power you know so we had really different reactions it was so gratifying to see how power like takes form as well and because it felt like we were like stripped of everything mm. back then constantly like whether it was like on the global scale of like okay we live in new york but like what what if you're 16 year old you know like what if you're 16 and you live in arkansas and like hey i'm from arkansas yeah uh, yeah 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 it's a big it's a big country and so like yeah. it just felt like maybe if people would buy the book and they would read those different points of view and those different forms of power like they would be able to re- click and yeah. remember like what makes them powerful themselves yeah. 
Where are you originally from? I grew up in Paris and London. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned like being in like the New York bubble, if you will. It's yeah. something that kind of like triggered to me. Katie's from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I'm from Virginia. Okay. And this is I'm ten years in New York. How how long have you been here? Like seven or eight. Yeah, and so like just kind of the thought of while I was still really upset when Trump won, I kind of like saw it coming a little bit. Uh-huh. It wasn't a total shocker. It yeah. wasn't a total shocker. Based? I'm, do you mean based on? Like the people that you knew back home, or like having that kind of general based on knowledge. a few different things. I left New York over the summer mm-hmm. a few times. I was in Virginia. I uh-huh. was in Delaware. And there's somewhere else I went to that summer where I was like, oh, ha, ha. Brexit happened, and I actually I yeah. hadn't really been paying attention to what it was, yeah, 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 but then yeah. I like saw like why that happened. And I was like oh, shit, that kind of what's happening here. Wow, this timeline is so blurry, honestly, the last couple of years, that when you said Brexit happened before the election, I was like, no, it didn't, but it did. They did. It did. The vote it was did. like that summer, and that was yeah. the first time that I was like, oh. And then about two weeks before, Nate Silver, everyone gets on Nate Silver, but he actually had an article that no one paid attention to uh-huh. that came out a couple of weeks before the election that he was like, it looks like Hillary's going to win. However, here are the circumstances in which Trump would win, and one of which was he gets the electoral vote by a like mm-hmm. a margin, but she wins the popular vote because mm-hmm. he was like, "There's no way she's not winning the popular vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she might lose the electoral vote." And I remember I was sitting on the subway. It was Halloween, and I like just curled over in a ball, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> he's going to win!" Like that was like the moment. And so, also, I'm a black person in America, so mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like. Yeah, worst case scenario, whatever that is. Like, I was shocked when Obama won. I was yeah. like, I can't believe all those white people voted for Obama. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I did not see that coming. So, yeah. I don't know, Katie, what are your feelings when well, you I, think of that? I want to know from Eloise, like, you said that, you know, your parents and everything yeah. grew up under a fascist dictatorship. Like, yeah. what are their feelings on this book? And, like, what are their feelings on what's happening in America? Honestly, are they still in France? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it's ever, and it's not just my parents, it's also, like, everyone who's, like, outside of America, I guess, Mm -hmm. they're like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, what's going on with Trump? And it's, like, it's extremely difficult to to explain because it's, we, there's the stuff that we have on the media, like, constantly every day, and, like, obviously the legislation and, like, the threat and everything, but, like, like you said, like, I'm, I'm, like, I mean, I'm an immigrant, and, like, that, it did affect me in, like, pretty strong way and stuff, mm-hmm. and also I'm privileged, you know, like, and I'm white, so, like, I have no idea how, when people ask me, like, what's going on, like, I don't, like, it's different for everybody, and everybody mm-hmm. is threatened by this, you know, mm-hmm. like, and even I'm, my, I guess my assumption is that the people who voted for him, whether or not they're getting what they want out of, you know, the, like, the policies that he's, like, putting in place, mm-hmm. like, it's also a threat to them because, you know, (laughs) they're probably not getting what they want as Mm -hmm. well. Like in some, unless you're like extremely rich, you know, and then like, that's a different question. But like, it feels like the, the people have, who are like pining for things, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. it's different for everyone. And so my parents don't like, I mean, the the same thing is happening in Europe, to be honest. Like it's just as, it's bad in a different way, but it's just as bad. So they can relate to that. And it feels like, they, 
I mean, they don't really ask me, but they, I know that unconsciously they're like, why do you live in this place, you know? But mm -hmm. um, Why do you? Why did you move to New York? Well, for some, like, New York is not America, I feel like. Yeah, that's a good point. New York City is not America. Yeah. Island. But yeah, no, I mean, I... I I didn't move here for like because it suits my political ideals like for sure but for my career and like everything else you know and I have I also have a lot of friends who are not citizens or like here like you know for a few for like for for they moved here for work whatever like they don't feel like invested in American politics and like I was surprised when I reached out to people about the project like a lot of them were either like immigrants like me who had like a strong political stance on things mm -hmm. maybe from even from like their like home country or like americans it feels like a lot of like some of my friends like they don't feel like they need to be invested they just need to kind of like be there and like go through the motion and mm -hmm. i i don't have citizenship but this is where i live and so it feels like i have a responsibility towards my community sure mm -hmm. yeah so katie and i both work in arts education mm -hmm. and i feel like one of my reactions with into the election was to really like pour my heart and soul into my students mm -hmm. and that was kind of my version of like using my art as a force of good and using yeah. my creativity as a force of good and I know you've had some pretty amazing lessons with your student yeah I wrote year. some articles about teaching creative writing and like mm -hmm. Donald Trump's America and things like that mm -hmm. that have been pretty so I'm interested in hearing you talk a little bit about the experience of using your your art, your creativity mm -hmm. as a way to be able to, to <laughs> try yeah. to move the needle, whether like locally or, you know, even though you have like a an international community, family yeah. as well, who you can hook into the project or like mm -hmm. share with and so I'm just really interested in hearing you talk about that experience and like of trying to connect the art to the politics to make mm -hmm. a statement it feels like I guess two things with this particular project I'm so I'm not a photographer and it was it was strange to me that I wanted to create a photography book because that's not like my main kind of form of expression what but is I guess I guess I'm a playwright and an actor. So, okay. but there's something about photography that we can all relate to. It's mm -hmm. like street art, and mm -hmm. like it's just constantly in our lives all the time. And and having your picture taken by and being represented the way you want to be represented is not something feel, that happens. Yeah, you feel seen. You feel seen, and so I was like, what is a very direct medium that we can use? And it felt like for social media and all of that, like it's just that is their language over time. Mm -hmm. And it felt like that was the response that was appropriate to the question, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And the images are very beautiful. Yes. I want to hear all about like how those photo shoots went. Yeah. She's a, my friend Khadija is a very talented photographer and she's first generation American as well. And her parents are from Bangladesh. So I think it really resonated with her as well to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the, in the book there, you said you have, because I see some of the pictures on here, but obviously mm -hmm. there's more pictures in the book. And there are stories that are paired along with it, like yeah. questions they're asking. So every page is kind of the same thing because we, we wanted something that we could pull together very quickly, even though it took us time. <laughs> and a layout that was kind of universal and direct. So 
we have the name of the person and then we have three adjectives which we ask the 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 model the woman the woman to kind of come up with three different adjectives it could be anything that kind of were part of like her essence and then we have the photo and each photo really responds to the question so some of them had no idea what they so we kind of helped them assess it and some of them were like I'm gonna come we had one of the models she's from India and she was like I'm gonna come with my passport because that's that's my power and I kind of directed them so we would bring clarity around those image those images yeah so every pose if you want is like a little bit different and we have some everything is black and white so we wanted some kind of like Mm -hmm. thread in terms of aesthetic and then we have the quote and the quote is like direct you know translation direct like recording of how they wanted to respond to that question and they're all from very different backgrounds different nationalities ethnicities and so we have some of the women wanted to like pose with their friends that's cute. Um, so that was really cute. Yeah. I wouldn't pose with you. Why? Because I want my own spotlight. Dude. <laughs> um, yeah, they were like, our, our friendship, knowing that we have our friendship is the source of our power. And yeah. that so many people can relate to that. I mean, we all have, mm-hmm. feels like, we, especially in those times, like we, we want to be with, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah. when when did you start the actual project like making the the production of it we so i had the idea in november and then like second week of december we had done everything in 2016 yeah so it was very quick like i went home i had my little idea on the subway on the l train in my shower and i went home put something on facebook emailed everyone and then within like a few days and i wanted some help like in terms of logistics and some produce like producer mm-hmm. help as well. So Mary Mayer is my co-producer on this. And then we got the space donated to us, this uh, theater lab, which this this place, Midtown. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been there. We know mm-hmm. theater lab, yeah. Yeah, they, they were wonderful. And then, yeah, we had one day of shooting, and then that was it. And then the next step was to put together the book. So initially, originally, we wanted to do a zine or like a real like paper version of the book, and then we realized takes money away from the project it's a lot of like you know like mm-hmm. publishing you know and I I don't have any experience with that so we were like let's just put it on the internet and build the website and then mm-hmm. people can have access to that it's still very challenging because it's everybody is a volunteer right and we don't have a background in marketing <laughs> so like how do we so well that that was that's my mm-hmm. leading into those questions is that so how long did it take when did the book actually get published I want to say we, it took us a really long time because we worked with two different designers. I want to say like last winter. So it took us like oh, a year and a half, something oh, like wow. that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So winter of 2018? Something like that. Yeah. I think we finished finished so, everything. So and it's the just come out really? Yeah. 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 So like the last six months or whatever. Yeah. 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 And, and you have a goal, right? So the money is all going towards Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I definitely want to talk about Planned Parenthood. Yeah. But so the goal is of two thousand dollars, is that right? Yes. And where are you guys now? We're very <laughs> we're, we're we're not there yet. Like, okay. We're like because we do have a website and like things like that, so we have to cover our basic like very minimal mm-hmm. fees. So I guess the the next challenge for us is to spread the word and like find other volunteers who can join us with more of a marketing background and like PR background and that kind of stuff because. 
everybody, I mean, you can give money to Planned Parenthood, like, right now, and, like, mm-hmm. and not have, it just feels like we want, we wanted the storytelling that comes behind mm-hmm. it, not just, like, you're giving money, and you know that it's necessary and stuff, but there's this kind of, you need that bridge as well, like, because all of us, you know, we all have a story related mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. institution, it feels like, or, like, have a friend, or, like, and so allowing people to have more of a connection to mm-hmm. what they're doing, I guess. Do they talk about Planned Parenthood at all in the book? Does yes, anyone? we have yeah. a whole like introduction. Okay. Explaining how this is for Planned Parenthood and how actually all these women have some kind of relationship to that. And where it's like where when you think about like the plight of you know, like, women and stuff in general, like, it can be also anonymous, even though we all have, like, our cousin who got, you know, like, oh, like, mom, you know, like, it, and we wanted to bring other different points of view, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Have you guys um, contacted Planned Parenthood? We have, and they haven't responded, responded to us. Planned Parenthood, <laughs> come on. We've tweeted. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to help. We'll tweet at him yeah, now. Yeah, I was about to say, we're happy to... We're happy to share on our platform. We both come from nonprofit mm-hmm. background, so we're used to badgering people we're used for money. To begging yeah. people for money, and <laughs> we have a lot of people in our circle who are used to donating money because yeah. we all come from nonprofit, so it's all yeah. tip for that. So we're happy. We're happy mm-hmm. to help share. Or, I don't know, I don't want to volunteer you, and I keep trying to stop volunteering myself for things. But yeah, like, we're, no, this yeah, is definitely like chat, we, we actually cause. both come from, specifically, communication, arts education, that is what we need. background. Yeah. So happy to, even yeah. if we can't actually, like, run it, to, like, talk to you and, like, help yes, figure it out, because it's such the, a good the, cause. The, the, the problem is that, I mean, it took us such a long time, because we all have our own things going mm. on and stuff, whether it's, like, sure. passion projects and money and mm-hmm. stuff, and... And we, you get burnt out, you yeah. know, and... and so what burnout? <laughs> we got, like, Mary and I were, like, we got to the point where, we were, like, it's impossible for us and are, like, we have certain skills and we don't have certain skills to, like, continue mm-hmm. just the two of us when mm-hmm. we want to... And $2,000 is not that much money, yeah. right? But it is kind of a symbol for us. And, yeah, it just feels like now the next step is to kind of extend yeah. the, the thing. and Because that's also part of community building, you mm-hmm. know? For sure. Yeah. No, we'll definitely be sharing the word. Thefutureisnasty.com. Dot org. Dot org. Thefutureisnasty.org. Yeah. For org. sure. <laughs> yeah, so I would love... So I actually don't have any experiences with Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Like, I very much believe in and support everything Planned Parenthood is about. I'm... Ugh, I've been a team Planned Parenthood <laughs> since... I'm just trying to think of something crass to say, and for once, nothing came to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... I guess I'm just fortunate to have always had a situation. Mm-hmm. And and the, the, the years that I didn't have health insurance, I actually just didn't go. So, like... Which isn't like a a great thing either, but I remember I didn't I didn't have health insurance for like three years. Mm-hmm. I just didn't go get anything done until the law passed that once you you had until you were twenty six. So maybe it wasn't three; it might have just been two years. If you were twenty six, you could go back on your parents' health insurance. Yeah. And my dad was he's retired now, a firefighter, so mm-hmm. he had government health insurance. And I actually just went back on the head. And when I turned twenty six, I got a, around that time I got a full time job. Yeah. And then like it was what perfect it was. Timing. It was yeah. perfect. Oh my god, it that's, was perfect. It was great. just like six months before my my twenty sixth birthday. Mm-hmm. It was perfect timing. But so because of that, I actually have very limited experiences mm-hmm. with. 
Planned Parenthood. So I would love to hear you guys talk about, especially from your experience, the importance of the role it plays just in so many women's lives, not even just like reproductive, but just like being able to take care of your body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and why you guys picked Planned Parenthood in the first place, you know, like there were, I mean, like in the aftermath of the election, I feel like there were a billion like charities and things like I run a reading series in the mm-hmm. city and we did a Black Lives Matter reading mm-hmm. series at some point so like what what made you settle on Planned, Planned Parenthood? Parenthood I guess I mean we all have our like sensitivities I guess in mix and I I just cannot fathom what it's like you know even if you I guess I mean I in my own experience like I didn't have I didn't have health insurance for like seven years you know and like I had even if you have like a, you know some kind of yeast infection what you know like mm-hmm. it's like i had i had to experience like going to the you know like some dodgy like clinic for like eight hours like waiting in the wait you know and and that's that's just a little thing and mm-hmm. once again like i'm privileged and so like if i like my life wasn't threatened and so it, i just have a lot of empathy for anyone who doesn't have access to that and i have i have had friends who had to have abortions and they didn't have it cost six hundred dollars you know and they didn't have that you know like so what do you do in that case and it's just it feels like it's so it responds to it 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 responds to so many needs and like it it actually saves people's lives um and i think that's a really what you just said though about I'm hanging on to the word yeast infections because yeah. I want to say yeast infections onto a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't think like any of our particular listeners, like they're the majority are female and mm-hmm. all very, you know, anti-Trump, I would think. But for maybe the like 1% who's mm-hmm. listening to us, who has no idea that like Planned Parenthood is not just about abortions. No. That it's like, I, I go to get my IUD. It's not just about birth control. And it's you cancer go to, like, screenings yeah. and like, yes. and all of that, like... Mm-hmm. Treat, and, very treatable things that if you don't have health insurance, you can go to Planned Parenthood and and get the coverage that you need. And without, you know, without that, like most women in this country, like a, a lot of them have nothing, you know? Yeah. And it's it's a clinic. Like mm-hmm. it is a clinic, just like there's many other forms of like healthcare and stuff. It's just that it's it should be available for everyone because it's affordable or free. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, abortions are actually a very small part of what they yeah. do. In the, yeah. It just, it just blows my mind. Just to, not real. No, it doesn't. Here's a, here's a theory that I, I have. This is like my deep Erica conspiracy theory <laughs> moment. But I believe it's true. Okay. People having children, it is a way to like continue the legacy of your culture, generation to come, et cetera. But from like a governmental standpoint, people having children is also actually a way to control people. Because once people have children, what they want is the best for their children. I mean, I do believe mm-hmm. there's a lot of like... Are you saying this is why people switch to becoming and become Republicans? Yeah, I, I, yeah, well, I mean, I think that's one thing, right? That my dad even once said, I mean, we weren't black probably economically make more sense for me to vote Republican. And I looked at him and he's like, don't worry, I'm voting for Obama. (laughs) But like, yeah, I mean, I I get that. Like people essentially want the best for their children. So I will never give like the people in charge. I 
the conniving things that have happened over the centuries and centuries, I would never put anything beyond like the powers that be, whether they know what they're doing or not. But like the church wanted people to have a bunch of kids too. Why? Because it is a way to keep people in check. You can threaten their children. You can get them to do stuff for their children that they would never do for themselves. So get married, have some babies, and fall in line. And so I think part of the reaction... And you see, is that why we're not having babies? I'm like, man, I can't get in line with your propaganda, sir. But like part of <laughs> part of the reaction I think that people are having, in addition to wanting to control women's bodies, I've really thought about like I don't stop there. I'm like, why? Why do people want to control women's bodies? Why is there such a freak out that millennials are having like less children? Why? They're bucking tradition a little bit. But I also think there's like a little bit of like there's just a certain amount of control if people like fall in line with the pattern and the tradition that you can have over people's lives that's kind of where i think some of this Mm -hmm. comes from like that desire to control both men and women because once men have kids and let's say like run away most a lot of i feel like a higher percentage of men actually do stay around or at least try to do best for their kids and you can get them in line by threatening their children, the well-being of their children and their future. And I feel like men are more obsessed sometimes with their future legacy than, like, women are in some ways. My dad's still very upset that if I get married, I might not keep his last name. And he doesn't have a son, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what happened to our last name? I was like, I don't know, Dad. We'll work it out. But, like, that's, like, <laughs> something that men oh, think Daddy about. Daddy Atkins. Stop saying that, Katie. It's so she creepy. She hates that I call her father Daddy Atkins. <laughs> so does my brother. We both think it's creepy. Anyway, so, yeah. That's kind of, like, what I've been thinking. I try not to stop at why do they want to control women's body. I'm like, what's that about, though? Yeah. yeah. And it's that's the... it's. It's controlling the source of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the most like biological kind of, I don't know, survival, whatever. Like, yeah. Going back to the project a little Mm -hmm. bit, in your big dreams, yeah. What are you hoping for the future is nasty? For the future (laughs) of the future is nasty. I, I want to be in a, in a position where we have a team that whether people stay on or not, or it's like short term, the project can kind of like sustain itself on the long term. Because the thing is that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And like, we're always going to need that. The threat is not going to be lifted anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So I want to be, I want it to be sustainable and kind of like independent. So it can kind of roll around on its own, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So we have enough interest from our community but also like the press and and potentially like other things like that so we have constant kind of donations coming in would you do future zines with new people yes yeah yeah originally we were like we're gonna suss that like how what what happens if we put on the internet and then we are gonna do like a zine or like actual magazine like or like some kind of published version of it and pitch it to like publishing houses and things like that yeah Um, so that's also something that i i would I will. I would love to do it in the future. Yeah, that would be awesome. And then maybe work with Planned Parenthood. You know, like or like other kind of not for profits that deal with like yeah. Yeah, it seems like this kind of campaign for them would be really up their alleys. If they they they're probably very swamped. I'm sure with you know yeah. <laughs> the government taking Being away their down. money. <laughs> um, yeah, but it does seem like this kind of campaign, like the future is nasty, doing portraits of women like this and the stories of women would be 
a campaign that it seems like Planned Parenthood should have had the idea for in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is just, like, finding the way to, like, PR yourself, like, out there and stuff. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's not our background. So Mm -hmm. just being, like you say, like, being sustainable, like, long term. Because even if, even if, like, the next, like, even if, like, things would change drastically and, like, become, like, incredible, like, the damage is done, like, yeah. so we would still have to, like, you know, repair, like, those past few years. I think it's brilliant to do a piece of artwork to get people on board for a cause. I mean, art's been doing that for, since yeah. it's existed. I mean, that's, you know, most people in America, I tend to think, like, the large majority think that any kind of art is a throwaway entertainment idea but in reality art moves culture Mm -hmm. and this is the exact kind of project that needs to happen to move Mm -hmm. the culture to swing that needle like you said earlier and a lot of people like around me and my community were like doing concerts or like one-time events Mm -hmm. and I think that's wonderful but I really wanted to do something that can just like exist yeah (laughs) on its own like until we die you know Mm -hmm. like forever like something that I mean it has been going on for like you know like less than two years but something that we could still have in five years six years or like that wouldn't inspire people to do similar things Mm -hmm. not just which it's wonderful to do a concert or like a baking sale or things like that but something that was its own thing long-term thing a baking sale that was very european of you it's very cute (laughs) i mean everybody loves that i could get down with the baking sale but like a bake sale where with cupcakes it were all made to look like boobs i was thinking vaginas but all right vaginas feel too complicated (laughs) now oh my god this might be how men feel (laughs) vaginas feel too complicated they're all those layers and you gotta like figure that like just give me like a simple like the cupcake is already in the right shape of the boob, yeah. Yeah, put a jelly bean on top of it. Yeah. Call it a day. Call it boob. I mean, both are great. Depends how both much time you have. Yeah. <laughs> also, still feel like a man. Both are great. Just, just, just depends yeah. on how much time you got. Yeah. It's great. Well, I feel like there's a lot to be outraged about right now, thinking about cupcakes. No, I'm just kidding. But no, just like with Alabama and what's happening there right now. And like, yeah, it's I think it's important for people to understand so that like we can think ahead that this is a strategic coordinated attack to, to bring, bring you to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it's all about like. Like, this has been festering in the work. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... Since Roe v. Wade. Yeah, since Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And they finally have, like, the right president, the right chance, the right opportunity. That's why they're all coming out, like, uh, like out of the wood, where, like, like, every, like, yeah. Yeah. And so I think in order to, like, be more concentrated on, like, our efforts as a community... I mean, God, the left has so much they need to work on that we need to work on. But one of which is thinking ahead and coordinating. I think the fight that, because the dominoes have already been put in place. Yeah. What we need to be more focused on is how can this community rally around a Supreme Court case like that? And who, because there are some people on the Supreme Court who are conservative, but like moderate conservative, who could maybe swing Mm-hmm. the way we want how how do you focus on that effort what can you do to help raise awareness so that mm-hmm. public opinion sways one side that most moderate moderates are really the group to go after 
at this point. Yeah. They're like the last, like the last of the, I don't know. I don't even know what to say because I don't even want to say anything offensive. But like the moderates are like the last group because um, actually Bill Clinton had a, he did an interview maybe back in like fall 2016 where he was talking about how the percentage of people you can actually swing are getting smaller well, and smaller, smaller smaller yeah. and smaller. He's like, it used to be like 30, 40% on both sides would decide it, but you actually still have like 20 to 30 in And the so middle. if you can't get your crowd out to vote, which is what happened in 2016, mm-hmm. where the Democrats didn't show up, that's what happens. I mean, like the, you know, the swing voters could have voted Democrat, who knows, but because we didn't get our people out in concentrated areas, specifically like, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, Ohio. That's what happened. We yeah. lost the Electoral College and we lost the presidency. Yeah. I still can't. I still can't. Was she really that bad guy? Like, I did. Don't get me. Don't take me down that road. Don't take me down that road. Let's yeah. turn around before I go too deep down that road. But yeah, so I think. Erica's a diehard Hillary yeah, supporter. That's, that's I great. love Hillary, but <laughs> Erica's a diehard. Yeah, uh, HRC is my B. But I do think that, like, yeah, we need to stay focused on... Sometimes I get annoyed every time I see everybody, like, oh, my God, Alabama. Oh, my God, Michigan. Oh, my God. I'm like, can we just, like, focus on the bigger picture, guys? Yeah, they're just pushing and pushing because, like, they haven't passed those legislations. It's just, like, it's it's tipping. It's tipping. They just want to tip the boat and, and bring it to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. which might happen like mm-hmm. very well <laughs> i don't know if you guys feel this now but what i feel is happening like what i felt in the aftermath of the election that everybody was like yes 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 we have to do something mm-hmm. but like everybody was spread thin and like going kind of crazy and scrambling mm-hmm. and since then i feel like the apathy has set in oh yes. yeah my friend actually my neighbor the other day was like this is the wednesday of the it's like we're in the middle of it and we're like tired of the week. It's like the yeah. hump day of the 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 process, the whole like presidential like run. If that makes that's sense. a good, that's a pretty <laughs> good. Yeah. Like yeah, it feels like Wednesday. I, I like barely pay attention to what Trump is doing anymore, and which is terrible. Yeah, like I'm just like it's just emotionally too much for me as a human being. I'm not. And that's why I guess, and that's why you some like oh, sorry, it's impossible mm-hmm. to take everything in. So that's why you have to focus on like specific issues yeah no and that's that's horrible to say at the same time and because you want to go past your bios and stuff but like if i was trying to like do a photography book for like everything that like how yeah and And it also would be the message would be so spread thin that people wouldn't pay attention and also um what was i gonna say oh i feel like in the aftermath of 2016 as well, people were looking at immigration was, mm-hmm. I feel like, one of the biggest things, especially with mm-hmm. the Muslim ban and everything, and now they're really targeting women. And I feel like people looked at Planned Parenthood and they were like, Planned Parenthood's fine. Like, they're never going to reverse Roe v. Wade. Like, Planned Parenthood has plenty of money. Let's focus on other nonprofits and other people who need that money, which is fine to say like Raices or, or, you know, the refugees, yeah. anyone who needs those, those people do need attention. But to say that like Planned Parenthood is fine when clearly it is not in 2019. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it taps into like all of our communities, like people who, who are undocumented, mm-hmm. people who 
just moved here, people are like just lost who had who had a good job and lost their health insurance. Like all, it's it it it's everyone. Yeah, and Planned Parenthood services all those people. And when you talk about taking away healthcare and then education, like they're mm-hmm. doing in the refugee camps, you know, where they're taking away educational services. I mean, those are the two biggest things: healthcare and yeah. education. You start taking away that from people, like you start really systematically breaking it down. Yeah. And I think that's what they're what we're seeing. Yeah, I was actually at the American for the Art conference last weekend, and I am on the um, Arts Education Advisory mm-hmm. Council. And we always um, at the conference we have an all council meeting, and this year we separated into group based on certain things we might want to talk about. And I went into the social impact group, and we all had to say why we were in the group, and I said. Because education is the key to social impact. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you can... That's why people have such a... I can't think of a better word, so I'm going to have to say it, have such a hard on about education. Sorry, I didn't want to say that, but I couldn't think of another way to say it. That because, like, it is the key to controlling the next generation, the future, mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, you can either train people to fall in line... Or you can train people to like be able to actually. And healthcare is a part of that too. Yeah, I mean, really, think about. Yeah. I mean, Planned Parenthood is an educational services as it well. It is, and yeah. like, yeah. I, if you're 16 and you want to get even like Plan B, like you have to have legal in most states, like legal authorization from your parents. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> if you're not, you know, like, what, like, how, like, I wouldn't even, if I didn't have the note, like the like sex ed behind me of knowing how to take care of my body and like my needs like if something whatever happens like what what do you do if you don't have that awareness and like how do you even like make an appointment like it's even even in the Planned Parenthood website like it's a little complicated like you have to like sign up like do all this it's not it's not easy Mm -hmm. yeah it's not like you can just get an abortion like in one minute like people seem to yeah imply that like women do that for fun mm-hmm. you know yeah. right and what makes me also even more concerned something you just said is again going back to education you have then you have adults you have adults who never got a proper education about their health mm-hmm. about sex about different mm-hmm. services can be provided and they're now raising children and they may be giving their kids a lot of mixed messaging mm-hmm. that not one, only raising children they're running our fucking country they're raising up King country that 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 has a lot. They now they have mixed messages about sexuality. They're passing that on to their children. Yeah. So with teenagers, like, like to me as an adult, I'm like, yeah, you have to get you under eighteen. You get authorization from your parents. That should be a conversation that you should be able to have with your parents. But then I think about, it, I'm like, right, that's not actually the reality. That's not a conversation I would have ever had with my parents. No, yeah, um, but I of course have. Yeah, yeah, we know you love your family. <laughs> they love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, but but I think that not everybody like grew up in yeah. a situation. Most people didn't, don't. They I don't, think. right? Yeah. So now you're gonna start making poor choices. So part of it is that that I saw a meme the other day that I loved that was like, "Heal your trauma, stop passing it on to future generations as culture." Mm-hmm. And like that's like also what's happening. It's just it's continuing, and then you have. And then you have adults who, like, don't really understand or know about the sexual education. They're just passing it down, passing it down, mm-hmm. passing it down. And, like, that's, again, I think it's a way of controlling people. It makes me think we should do a sex episode. 
I've agreed to do a sex episode. Mm. I've just said there are certain things I may not say on a sex episode, but I've agreed to do a sex I'm pretty, episode. I'm pretty open. <laughs> I know you are. So, but I, I really think that that's something to think about as well. When you, when we talk about like reproductive rights, women's health rights, there are people giving their girls really shitty advice, mm-hmm. you know? When yeah. I was 16, Ooh. my dad said it's time to go to the lady doctor. <laughs> like, at least I got that much. Yeah. But, like, like people... No, but even, I want to say, I mean, in my own experience, even the medical staff is not... I mean, Planned Parenthood mm. is wonderful, but, like, I've gone... I've I've had some pretty traumatizing experiences with mm-hmm. other clinics where I was called, like, names and stuff. Just, mm. just because they don't, themselves, they don't have the, <laughs> the training for that to, yeah. like, respond to the world the way the world is right mm-hmm. now. Like, we're not in the 60s anymore. And, like, My first know. gynecologist when I was 15 and going on birth control, or 16, I can't remember, was a man in Arkansas, not at Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And it was not... I mean, like, he sat there and told me, like, Christian-based values and, like, mm-hmm. the only way to protect myself was not having sex and that, like, I was, like, automatically going to get pregnant the first what, time. What would you do with that information? Yeah. You know, like, because that's not the world we live in. Like, you're yeah. going to you're gonna you're want to gonna... be, want to be sexually active and, like, you're going to do things, you right. know, like, yeah, or not, you know, but. Yeah. Like, I think of, like, the best advice I ever got from one of my parents was that, like, you'll, it'll be more enjoyable if you care about the person. If you know the person and if you care about them. Yeah, like, but having conversations like that promotes responsible sex. Exactly. Like, it would promote with, it's not about, I mean, there was some conflicting messaging here and there, but like that makes it more about, oh yeah, like as a 16 year old being like, oh, I don't think I care enough about him to have yeah. sex with him rather than it being like shame, guilt, shame, guilt. And it gives, it teaches you boundaries that you might not know for yourself yet, but mm-hmm. you have some kind of like spectrum of references. Yeah. And it's so hard because it feels like there's like so much silence around mm-hmm. it is. all of that. And no one, the whole thing with the Me Too movement and everything, it's also because no one teaches mm-hmm. anyone to verbalize any form of consent. You know, yeah. like it's just like... I hate, I hate also that right now in this conversation, we're almost justifying having sex in some small way when it's yeah. like humans have sex but yeah. we are just animals we're just like animals people, we're people just have sex animal. Like, there should like there should not have to be this yeah, justification of having sex yeah and you bringing up the me too movement also makes me think about though like part one of my big things that i got out of like when that conversation really came to light uh, all the time that someone has said and done like men have said and done th- things to me and i was like uh, okay and I may or may not have been comfortable. I've never necessarily been uncomfortable speaking up or like speaking out when I'm like blatantly being physically mm-hmm. like assaulted. Like I once elbowed a guy in the stomach at a club. So I'm not like, I won't let things happen to me. But there have been times where guys who I know have said or done something that I let fly. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But also the idea around how we don't talk about like what is consent. Culturally, I did pick up, and even though my parents wanted me to be, like, very comfortable with my body, you know, sometimes there is mixed messaging about whether or not you save your virginity till marriage. And my parents, my mother especially, were very honest about the perception society will have of you mm-hmm. if you choose to XX. And I am a person who, for most of my life, maybe until very recently, those things matter to me. And so one of the things I think about is the idea that, like, 
what saying yes said about you. And there have been times where I have said no. I personally have said no, but I got to admit, yes. Like, I was like, no, no, <laughs> wink, wink. Like, because if I said yes, you would think ill of me. You would think mm-hmm. I was easy. You would think I was ex. You had to work for it. Yeah, and that I, comes back to the same, like, sexual education that we've all been taught, like, growing up. And that, you know, that's trickled down from, like, taking away your healthcare access right. and, and knowledgeable people, like people at Planned Parenthood. Yeah, and I got really concerned having younger brothers. It's like, what if? What if somebody did that to them? Like somebody at one point had said no when they meant yes. And then somebody else did something different. And they're also teenagers and they're confused. What if somebody did that to them? Oh, shit. Like part of me was like, we need to teach young girls to be clear about what you want either mm-hmm. way. If you want to say yes, it's totally fine to say yes. Just be responsible. But say yes. And if you want to say no, say no. But like, And just asking, just verbalizing, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, is it, what is it that you actually want? Mm-hmm. And not being so secretive about it. And like yeah. the, the whole kind of like thread of shame like yeah. fabric mm-hmm. of shame around everything yeah even like even like going to the doctor is kind of like taboo you know mm-hmm. like like i was saying with that yeast infection it's like i remember like when i went to the i had um you know tract infection and like i went to the hospital for like nine hours or whatever like waiting in the with a bunch of crazy people were like had just gotten stabbed and so you know like a really dodgy clinic and stuff and i was like <laughs> you know like why can i not just like be like assertive about that like right and it's just we're being there's this kind of distance that we're being taught to put between ourselves mm-hmm. and our bodies yeah yeah Constantly. i remember when i in high school one of my classmates who had gone to the gynecologist for the first time maybe our senior year had said that her gynecologist had told her so there are two different i don't know what the clamp they use is what is that called do you know that they stick inside of you in it oh it starts with a p yeah pap Not, smear pap it's called a pap smear but i don't but know what it's the actual per- instrument is called oh, oh shit. I don't know. yeah i don't a, know it it's starts that, with a p that and cold I can't death metal uh-huh. death instrument <laughs> the, 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 the cold rod they stick up they you and stick inside of your vagina so there were two different ones and her doctor said uh-huh. to her as a 17 18 year old girl this is the one we use for people who have been good and this is the one <gasps> we use for people who have been bad wow <gasps> That's fucking traumatizing. What did your friend say at 17 years old? Well, the classmate told the entire class. For some reason, the entire class knew she was going to the gynecologist. I don't really know why we all knew this. So she's telling this like, to the entire, including our teacher. Our teacher was, I mean, I, I love that teacher. That was actually my eighth grade and my 12th grade English teacher. I love that teacher. But with, and the teacher was also British. And so didn't have... Like, I don't know, like, was totally game to have the conversation. And then she she tells the class this, and all of us went, and then one of our classmates goes, well, which one were you? Ugh. And she's like, well, I'm a good girl. And I wanted to be like, it's okay if you're not. It's okay. Like, it's fine. Ah, like, you know what I mean? Oh my or God. even I remember when I was in high school for AP Bio, we all got given certain parts of the human, like, 
body system that we all had to do an extensive report on. And I was assigned the reproductive system, which everyone thought was hilarious because <laughs> they were like, of all people, of course, Erica Atkins gets it. And I was like, yeah. But one of my, my, my partner actually do comic books. And I think he actually sways differently politically now with still friends on Facebook. But I mean, we grew up in an area that was conservative until like 2008. Then all of a sudden mm-hmm. the area swung for crash. Obama. What? With, yeah. the, the, with the crash, the economy yeah. crash? Or? Maybe that's what changed it. I think there's a combination of the economy crashing and my age group coming of age mm-hmm. and voting in that county and also a lot of wealthy people from other areas. AOL opened in the area. Like there was a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that opened in that county. A lot of people from other places started moving there and voting there. But most of my childhood, conservative area. And so we're, we're presenting to the class. And then at one point in the comic strip, it's like a man and a woman, like, under covers or something. And my my partner says something to the degree of, and, you know, they've, like, just engaged in blah, blah, blah. I can't remember exactly what he said. But he, then he goes, and, you know, they're, they're, it's consensual. They are a married couple and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, I turned around and went, but also, it's okay if they're not as long as it's consensual. Whatever. <laughs> like That sounds like you in high school. Yeah, doesn't it? That's doesn't great. It? Yet That's I wasn't great. having sex with anybody, but I was still like, if you want to do it, I but support you. But you. You, you, you knew it. Like, I don't know that I... I had I would have been able to like say say that out loud at that mm-hmm. age. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think it helped that my parents were divorced. Well, we're coming to the end, mm-hmm. and I do want to leave on a very positive note. Mm-hmm. We try to do that. Things to do, mm-hmm. and so one thing you can do is go to thefuturesnasty.org dot org mm-hmm. and buy the book. Which is whatever you amount you want to yeah, donate. Yeah, minimum right? five dollars. Minimum of five dollars yeah. to buy the book, but any amount you want to donate, mm-hmm. all that money goes straight to Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Right? Minimum five dollars to buy the book. Let That's me just tell you, yeah. you spent more on your sandwich at McDonald's. You we spent, spent more th- on this room. You, I was about to say you spent three times as much at that cocktail you got at the bar last week. Okay, guys, that is just like. A quarter of what you spent on iTunes, which isn't even like a thing anymore. It's defunct. That is less is than your bot. Yeah, they're shutting down iTunes. We'll oh, talk about that later. Okay. That is less than your Spotify subscription. Five dollars, guys. Yeah, and you can buy it for someone else. It's a nice gift as well. Yeah, and mm-hmm. maybe it will make you like question what be- it, you know what makes you, what makes you powerful like yourself. I think it's it's nice to have that debate with yourself too. Yeah. And there's going to be more coming from The Future is Nasty. You can follow them on Instagram at The Future is Nasty, right? Is there a Twitter or Facebook? We do. We have it. Everything is the same. At The Future is Nasty? Yeah, everything, okay. is, everything is the same. Great. Yeah. Katie, follow do you them. have an action step to share? Do I have an, well, other than buy the book? Yeah. What is your personal action step to share with people before we go? I think to also share the the project. I think like I think it's really good to have like a local project that you can jump into and say like I'm not just like throwing money at Planned Parenthood because sometimes that can feel like you're giving to a bigger organization even though that they need your help and it's it, you don't feel the immediate effect of it, mm-hmm. but this right here you can get the book in your inbox and see the physical effect of it. You can follow The Future is Nasty, and I'm quite sure that there's going to be more projects coming yes. from this team in okay. the future. 100%. Cool. I and then my also, action. maybe just like, you know, 
Say thank you to your gyno at Planned Parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> I always say my action step is to bring educate your muffins. children. What? Bring some muffins? Bring them some muffins. Or bring them a boob cupcake. My action step would be educate your children. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. I see where you were going with that. Why did you have me start first? I'm sorry. <laughs> because that was a weird teacher trick. You just pulled on me. Because <laughs> you're so smart, Katie. You did a good job anyway. Yes. Educate your children. Have talks to them about sex and about Planned Parenthood. They're not an evil abortion factory. It's a very small part of what they do. And also, if you need to get an abortion, that's okay, that's fine. too. Like, and if you want to have sex, that's fine. Just be responsible. Just be responsible. Yeah. Cool. Heloise, thank you so much. You guys are wonderful. On. Thank you for yeah. having yeah, me. Yeah, of course. And for putting up with our funny stories. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. we drink it's rose. great. It's all good. It's wonderful. And for pronouncing our rosé for us. Yeah, this is so much better than when I do it. Prophecy. Yeah, we're just going to call you. <laughs> we're going to call you in for every I'll just every like drop by yeah. and pronounce like, like Pinot Noir. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Meanwhile, <laughs> me in the background. Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, this has been Rose all day, anyways, with me, Katie Rainey, and me, Erica Atkins. And we want to thank our very lovely guest Eloise Wilson of The Future is Nasty for coming on and joining us. Please go check out their website, thefutureisnasty.org. Really, really cool project and follow them on all their social handers, handles, handers? handles. Handles. That's the rosé talking. Mm-hmm. At The Future is Nasty, buy the book and we'll see you guys on the next one. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>